Right now, get in the conference room. I'm not going in there. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And you will come out when you decide to give me a discount on the pizza. Please. Thank you. Stupid. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Yes, it is. Keep it simple, stupid, episode four. I'm your host, as always, Robert Gifford, and this is the Sports Dish Transition. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Jason Herzog has called a stop to this contest at five seconds of the very first round, declaring the winner by knockout, Jorge Gabriel Mosley. I'm here with the winner and the new owner of the fastest knockout in UFC history at five seconds in it really wasn't five seconds. It was about a second and a half or two seconds. The other second was the referee getting to Ben and rescuing him. All right, in the studio with me at this time is a buddy of mine. He is an MMA enthusiast and a longtime fan of the UFC. He is also, once again, a current and active participant in the combat world himself with huge news for the upcoming months ahead. But more on that in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My buddy Jeff. Jeff Hedges, how you doing, man? Huh, another day, another day. How you doing? Good, man. I haven't seen you in a while. I know it's been, dude. It feels like it's been like since two thousand eight. Dude, it, it really does. This whole year. Uh, anybody that doesn't uh, or that knows Jeff and I, we used to live together, and it's been almost a year since him and I have lived together. Um, but right now, he currently lives with uh, a couple other buddies of mine. How's that going, man? It's going. You know, you know how Taryn and all them are. So it, it's gone. Can't, loud. Can't <laughs> Taryn is loud. Um, hey, so I, this is the first time you've been on our show. I want you yeah. to kind of introduce yourself to our audience. What is it you do for your nine to five? So, uh, like you said, yeah, my name is Jeff Hedges. Uh, for my nine to five, I work at a place called Metcan. Um, I basically just put rocks in bags, but it's synthetic slag for steel mills. Pays the bills. So um, other than that. That's all I do for my 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and then at night, I train. Train, 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 train. So uh, something we'll touch on in a little bit. I want you to kind of hold that uh, that teaser there. Um, but like you said, he said, he is a man that works a 9 to 5. It does help him uh, stay in shape if, at the very least, right? Try to, yeah. Um, this summer, so you work outside quite a bit? Uh, yeah, I'd say um, majority of the day I'm outside. So this 80-degree weather, you like it, hate it, love it, what? I like it when I'm on a forklift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet as you drive by everybody else that's still doing other things. Yep. Jeff has been brought in today because we just had this past weekend. We had UFC 239. And uh, if you were into knockouts, you got everything you wanted on that card. Um, Jeff, your initial thoughts on 239 without actually getting into a major fight. What were your thoughts? Um, Wow. That, that's basically it. From from the very beginning of the prelims all the way to the main event, it was probably one of the best cards I've seen in a while. Um, like you said, one of the most spectacular knockouts that you've seen in the UFC history to you know the greatest woman female fighter of all time. And then, of course, John Jones. And everyone that knows me knows how much of a fan of John Jones I am. But overall, the entire card was just absolutely fantastic. Um, it cultivated exactly what fight week is supposed to be for the UFC. And it was the first fight week that actually was not plagued with any injuries in the last three years. Oh, really? Yep. It's been the last three years they've been plagued. Uh, John Jones popped dirty, you know. Um, the main events pulled out. All these people have pulled out of their fights. So first one that hasn't happened in three years. Now, are you talking just main card fights, or is that all the way through the all preliminaries? All the way through the pre- yep. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't know that. Yep. That's uh, so I am a um, a casual UFC fan, but I have probably been I'm, I would say I've uh, upgraded to a little bit more than a casual UFC fan over the last <laughs> couple of years living with you, and I've continued that uh, that love for the sport after even moving out of the house. Um, I think I've seen more UFC, uh, you know, I think all the way through two two o five now. Yep. 
Um, it's been so we're at two thirty nine now. I think I've seen majority of the last uh, pay per views, and now that's a little different with uh, ESPN Plus coming on board. Oh, yeah. Seems like uh, they've been. I, I think. What do you think of how they've done so far? I don't personally like them. True. Okay. Uh, Is that because of the the way it's packaged with the commentators and everything? Or? Um, not necessarily. So for the first few times that I've used it, uh, it was super laggy. Um, okay. It glitched a lot. And not only that, but the, the way that their pay-per-view setup is still with, you know, you having to pay for the subscription as well as the pay-per-view. Um, I know WWE Network does it pretty much flawlessly. They they have, well, they didn't at first, though, so you got to yeah. give UFC a little, or ESPN yeah. a little chance to get the, the kinks out. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, other than that, I know this past weekend I had the biggest problem. They uh, upcharged me 25 bucks. Um, I wasn't able to watch pay-per-view until 11. Really? And, yep. So, it, it's one of those things where... It makes me mad, but I can't be mad because I love it. Right. So I'm still going to pay for it. Right. They need to definitely need – they have their kinks that they need to work on. That's pretty much it. No, and, and if they – hopefully they can get those kinks worked out, especially for you diehards. Uh, oh, yeah. Jeff absolutely is a diehard. He can probably go back. When do uh, – talk to you about your little – your love for UFC, when it started, how it started. The first fight I ever watched was the first Randy Couture, um, Chuck Liddell fight. I believe I was six or seven years old. Those two names are probably the – the names that got majority of yep. the UFC fans involved, don't you think? Oh, I, I, hundred, especially Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, um, all of the, those three names alone basically made the UFC what they were today. Um, so, like I said, I was six or seven, and I was that weird kid that really liked watching people get punched in the face. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wrestled growing up, and then I just kind of grew to love the sport. I uh, started training. A little bit in high school, a lot after high school, and uh, the first time I got hit in the face, it was like that adrenaline rush. Sure. So it, it just it catapulted me to just want more, and I mean, to any form of MMA. I mean, I watched God, you know, one FC. I, I could go on forever. So it, it's been in my life, basically my entire life. So I uh, I'm one of those guys that uh, that doesn't like getting punched in the face. <laughs> um, I try to avoid that as much as I possibly can. <laughs> But to each their own. Um, getting back to two uh, two thirty nine here. This uh, we talked about it a little bit. There was three knockouts on here. Um, one, debatably, if not the greatest knockout of all time, definitely the quickest knockout of all time yeah. in UFC history. Uh, but before we get to those, I want to touch base on the main event: John Jones, uh, Santos, Diego Santos, uh, who who uh, tore. Pretty much every ligament in his knee yep. that can exist, his uh, ACL, his MCL, his PCL, uh, and his meniscus, when was that, the second round? Second round, yep. And we could see it take place. Oh, and you could see it hyperextend. And it's funny because up until that point, he was using it so effectively yeah. that it kind of kept John Jones in check. Oh, yeah. Um, let's talk there. Let's start there. Thoughts on that fight and go from there. So I have a – I'll state right off the bat, I'm completely biased for John Jones, obviously. Sure. You know, um, but going into the fight, I, I always believe in order to beat the champ, you need to beat them, like right. decisively. And Santos had the perfect game plan. You know, you, you couldn't know who John Jones was because there's an aura about him as the greatest of all time. He's virtually undefeated with his one loss being a disqualification. Right. And, you know, going into that second round, I had Santos win in the first round and then – he, just that kick, he he popped his knee, and you could see it. Brutal. And it, it was to the point where John was too scared of Santos's power. Like you said, it kind of kept him at bay. Right. And then he just played chess the whole rest of the bout. You know, I, and I'm with you. It's funny. I uh, I am I'm probably more on the other side of fandom with uh, John Jones just because of all the things that he's put himself yeah. in through, and and it seems sometimes that the UFC still panders to. 
Yeah. I don't know if pander is the right word. Maybe they uh, they forget their own rules sometimes when they're trying to get John Jones a fight. Yeah. It definitely felt that way with the last fight he oh, was pushed Smith? through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless of all that, that's for another show. Reality is he's here now. Um, I just felt like you have to beat the champ decisively, and I thought the first round went to went to Santos as well. I thought from there, first of all, Santos shouldn't have never won another round after this. He should have, it should have been finished. It should have been finished. Yeah. Um, so that's that's to the medal of who Santos is. Um, I did not feel that at the end of it uh, there was any controversy to be had. I thought John Jones did enough to win it. Yep. But with that being said, I kind of want to dive into his performance. If yeah. If if yeah. and I'm gonna ask you this question, why, why didn't he a attack that knee, take him to the ground, try to apply pressure to that knee? Um, I mean, there's got to be more than just the power he was afraid of. Yeah. I kind of felt he was I, maybe a little off that night. You tell me. What yeah. were your thoughts? So, uh, and I've actually dissected this myself. You know, just because again, me being one of the biggest John Jones fans, I think of all time. I think he plays to his opponent, you know. So, say, for instance, you have Daniel Cormier in there. Sure. Phenomenal fighter. So, he's going to play, and he's going to be expected to be that great. Okay. And he performs. If he's going in to fight somebody that, you know, is like a Tiago Santos or Anthony Smith, they're kind of a B-level fighter. Okay. So, downplay to them. I I, I don't know if that's what he does. It seems like that's what he does. So, he plays at a level of his competition. Exactly. Yeah. uh, It almost cost him, buddy. Exactly. And so... And he has one of the highest fight IQs of all time. You know, you're going back. Leota Machida, black belt in jiu-jitsu, chokes him unconscious. Vitor Belfort, black belt in jiu-jitsu, um, hits him with an Americana and taps him out. He said he was scared to go to the ground with Santos because he's a black belt. Okay. I don't believe that. And it was one of those things where I just think they wanted to play it safe. I think that okay. he's... Oh, you thought that was the game plan. I think that was the game plan. I think right now in his career, he's beating the who's who. And it's kind of like the GSP effect where he's been yep. so high on the mountain that he's kind of lost that edge. Well, right now, there's nobody else on that mountain with him outside no. of Daniel Cormier, and you've already beat him twice. Yeah. So what is there left to push? I mean, Joe, exactly. what is this, his third, fourth fight of this year already? Uh, third. They are pushing him through, and yeah. I get it, but it's like he's been beating these people so decisively since he's came back that um, it, it just kind of feels like uh, they, they're just trying to get his name out there because he's the poster boy now. Yep. But with that being said, I, I did not. I thought they were going to lose their post, poster boy here for Sorry. a second. So did I. And, and, and it got – one judge thought he did. Mm-hmm. So – and I was at the point at the end of the fight where I was actually so mad at how – like like you said, in the – I believe it was the fifth round, you could see Santos could not walk on his leg. At he, he all. Could he not. was favoring it. Yeah. So it's like kick it, put, you know, clinch with them, take him down. John could have finished it, but he just – he stood at that range. He kicked, you know, uh, threw the jab out there. I wanted him to lose. I did. I was you so. You did. I was so mad. Really. I was so mad. I got up. I took my because I, I have two John Jones shirts. I was about to burn them, and I was like, I want him to lose because he needs to lose. F this guy. Blah blah blah. You wanted him to learn a lesson. Exactly. Get in there and destroy. Yep. You know that's kind of how I felt about uh, McGregor, McGregor against Khabib. It's like, and maybe it was his first fight back, and we don't need to kind of break that whole fight down. But I just kind of felt like the things that make McGregor special is his striking efficiency. Yep. And he wouldn't kind of get into the pocket. You know, he's kind of he jabs kind of like TJ Dillashaw. Yep. He kind of keeps his hand out there and he kind of feels his opponent. And he did not do that yep. in that fight against Khabib, which is why I want to see it ran back, only for the fact that I don't feel like McGregor showed up that day. I, I don't think, and that's, well, another thing that I, that could be a hour conversation. Sure, I think yeah. Do, but I, I think McGregor is clocked out still because of that 100 million he made from Mayweather. I think anybody, so. it's fair to say, would make a, <laughs> that made 100 million would clock out. Um, yeah. So, kind of putting the finishing touches on this John Jones fight, what uh, 
what what happens to him from here? Where does he go? Who's next? I mean, uh, we talked about him potentially going up at uh, heavyweight and yeah. trying to be a dual uh, uh, two sport or a two division champion. Yep. Um, do you think that's something he'll entertain? Where do you think he's going to go? I, I think, and I had this talk in with myself the other day, I, I think there's multiple things that could happen. Because you have Francis Ngannou there right now who just looks like a killer. He does, and he's on a tear, man. It's scary. Yep. And uh, I think, depending on who wins against Stipe and DC in the rematch, um, I have DC winning it again. But if Stipe wins, I see them still doing the trilogy. I see them doing the trilogy with John no matter what. You really? I do. At heavyweight, I, I really do. I think DC will crave it. I think you know, he knows that his best chance will be at heavyweight. And I, I think John kind of wants to put the icing on the cake. DC craves it. He yeah. does. But he's at the end of his career, man. Yeah, set, sail off in the sunset. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, if they were to ever bring it back, I just like I, I did in the first two, I'm rooting for DC. I like that underdog, you know. And uh, he needs that validation for his career. Yep. Especially, especially because you can argue John Jones is at his peak, right? He's yeah. young. 31. 31. And you've got, you know, almost 10 years as elder and Daniel Cormier. So if they run yeah. that back, but the only thing is, to me, DC's got nothing to lose. No. He's playing with house money. We already know that John Jones can beat you. We don't know you can beat him. Exactly. Um, I really hope that does happen. I, as much as I like Stipe, I, I hope uh, DC retains just so we can kind of see that. Because yeah. I feel like... Actually, you know what's funny? What are the what are the greater chances that DC retires if he wins or if he loses? Uh, I, I think it's fifty fifty. Okay. I think depending on how if how he beats Stipe, if he beats him like by knockout, say for instance, I, I think he'll call for the rematch or the trilogy with John Jones. Um, if it's a tough fight, I think he might sail off to the sunset. It just it all depends on what DC shows up. I think he's kind of overlooking Stipe too, but you can't overlook Stipe, no, man, because he he's a man on a mission right now. So that that it, it is a trap. For mm-hmm. DC right now. So yep. DC, if he wins this, to me, it, it, it even adds more adulations to who he is. Oh, yeah. um, for, for being able to stay focused in that fight and continue on. I mean, that's that's coming up at, uh, what what is that, UFC 241? Yep. Uh, and uh, is it Anaheim, I believe? It's in California. It's in August, though, correct? Yep, in August. Yeah, I believe that's the first, uh, the first big one in August. Yep, with um, Nate Diaz and Anthony Pettis. Dude, UFC's got some nice cards coming up. They have some really nice cards coming up. I love that Nate Diaz-Anthony Pettis so uh, matchup. Anthony he put us at 70, it looks like a killer. That Wonder Boy Thompson knockout. He does. He does. I thought his last fight, I thought he showed up and put on a hell of yeah. a performance. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward. And like I said, no, nothing's been played with injuries. It's been a nice year so Yeah, far, so, so far. So far, so you're far. right. So knock on wood there. <laughs> hey, let's make the transition. Um, Mana Nunez, Holly Holm, uh, co-main event that night. It was just pure dominance mm-hmm. again from Amanda Nunez. Is she the greatest women's MMA fighter of all time? 100%. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There's, there's little to no room to argue that at this point. I mean, there there was a list that I had the other day of the people that she's being. You know, Kat Zingano, Ronda Rousey, Sarah McMahon, Valentina Shevchenko twice, Cyborg, Holly Holm. Cyborg. The sh- I mean, those were that was the yeah, biggest just, shock, right? Yeah. I, Cyborg. I still think she's contemplating retirement. Oh yeah. She doesn't know how to come back because she's no. only one. She's a one one trick pony. Yep. She can only strike. That's all she's got. And she got, she was, she didn't even win that. No. She got outstriked by. She uh, got hit. <laughs> oh, and hit hard. Yeah. Yeah, that was so. something else, man. So Holly Holmes, she, uh, she, she held her own for the first couple minutes until she got rocked. And then uh, the preacher's daughter, as they say, um, she, she was baptized. laying flat on. <laughs> yeah, she got <laughs> baptized. So uh, thoughts on that fight? How'd you see it play out? Um, I, I thought. Personally, Holly Holm had the best strategy to beat Amanda Nunez. Um, just stating for you know Jackson Winklejohn, 
Um, that whole camp is just a strategy, like, mind fest right there. Okay. Um, I thought she was going to go in kind of, you know, choose her shots, kind of pick her shots, stay at range. And Amanda Nunez just – she Holly home, Holly home. She literally did to Holly home what she did to Ronda Rousey. Right. And that head kick just – because her coach even said it. Uh, she's fanning to the right, lead with the head kick. And boop. You know what's crazy is that they're that they're both five eight I believe right. Yep. And but Holly Holmes does she looks taller than that. She looks like she's got greater range and reach than that. She's very lengthy it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And when you when you compare them to each other, you're like, oh wow, Manny Nunez is she matches up well. Yeah. You know because I thought before going in, I, I didn't look at the height and the tail of the tape. I thought uh, Manny Nunez was gonna be the reach was gonna be smaller or shorter. Yeah. I thought that her height uh, she wouldn't have a height advantage. It was the same. It was, it was the exact weird. same. I thought because the way that they stand next to each other, Holly Holm looked like she was taller. So imagine that. Reach yeah. is the same. Height is the same, except she's packing more mass in the yeah. arms, right? Oh, yeah. More mass in the legs. <laughs> There's a lot more power coming on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She needs to start fighting men now. <laughs> Put her in, <laughs> in the straw or the straw weights or whatever. Yep. Um, Holly Holmes, what, what happens to her? Is she Should she wrap it up? Should I, she be done? I think so. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she's two and four in her last six. Ugh. I mean, granted, they've all been like titled. That's kind of that division, though, outside exactly. of Amanda Nunes. Yeah, it's her and, like, honestly, she's the only person that can really contend besides Shevchenko. We can debate that, you know, on another day, too. I think she won the second fight against Nunes. Okay. Um. So I know if she runs it, you know, at 25, she'll come up and fight again at 35 for it. So, well, but, yeah. So then, so let's lead there. Where do you think Amanda goes from here? Because I mean, she's kind of got that John Jones thing going on mm-hmm. right now, where there's not a lot of competition at her level. I know they want her to fight Cyborg again. Uh, Cyborg does have a fight against Felicia Spencer. She's got to win that one first. Yep, exactly. Yep. And I, that's the last one on her contract, actually. Really? Okay. Yep. And I know Cyborg has declined fighting Nunez again. Um, really? Multiple times. So dude, just rocked her world, yeah. man. It, it ruined her. It, it did. It did because the mystique of Cyborg and yep. all of that, right? It just it's gone. Vanished. So um, I would like to see that. And then if she beats Cyborg again, God, I don't even retire. I, you, you have nothing else. Like, you really don't. You, you don't. I mean, that or get to the – if I'm Cyborg right now and I, and I want to take this craft seriously, get to a camp. Learn oh, yeah. something new. Mm-hmm. Whether you're great at it or not, it's at least it, it keeps the other person at bay. Okay, exactly. they they know this. They they kind of take it on whether it be jujitsu or muay thai or whatever. Yeah. Learn something new. That way you got another thing in your arsenal. Yeah, that's uh, actually it's pretty funny on the uh, card uh, the Blakowitz and Rockhold fight. I was talking about that with that. Is Rockhold has the best skill set I've ever seen in an MMA fighter. Like really, hands down. Like, but it's his arrogance and his camp get him in trouble. Exactly. So like, he switched camps from AKA to Henry Hoofs about three years ago, and you, he's the top dog there. You can tell. Sure. And he doesn't have those people pushing him, and you you can bunch tell. of yes men in his corner, man. Exactly. That doesn't you, help you as a fighter. Nope. You need to be put in your place, and exactly. And no. you can tell because he's been. I mean, I think he's gonna retire. I mean, he has Polo Ralph Lauren money, so who cares? But, oh, look where I got him. Exactly. Broken jaw, buddy. Yeah. Oh, he got. Yeah, he got sent back to the ages. Paul Felder's reaction to that that yeah. knockout, he, him standing up and putting his just, hands on his head. I, I, I was at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings just losing it, man. Fel, Felder's reactions killed me, dude. Oh, I, you know, I wish he would maintain on that as the code three. I love those three together. I do, too. I, I like DC a lot in that three, too. Like, I do, too. I agree. DC like, does a great job. He, he, but I think he's going to be the mainstay here soon. Oh, yeah. When his career is done, it'll be those three guys. Yep, exactly. And then Anik will, like... 
flip back and forth. But Felder just has like a really good. He knows how to articulate his words well. He's funny. Sure. He knows when and when not to say things. So <laughs> it, it, I do his reactions that night killed me. Yeah, he. I, I thought well, even Joe Rogan on a couple of those. They've done. Uh, there was a website I was looking at that did a close up on those guys, and they're just like uh, <laughs> the main guy is going through reading the. Um, um, the sponsor ad for this yep. next fight that we'll talk about, Jorge Misvidal and Ben Askren. He couldn't even get through it before Joe yeah. was like, whoa, <laughs> knocked out. Yeah, that uh, that was – I've never been so hyped for – like all my adrenaline sank after that fight. Like, I <laughs> you, honestly, you crashed, oh, man. I, I was like, I can go to bed right now. I, I just spent – you know, they charged me 25 bucks, and this is why. This is why they charged it for Dude, me. I got to tell you, man. Like, So now we're talking about the Jorge Misvidal and uh, Ben Askren fight, and Ben Askren was undefeated going into this fight. Yep. And he had done a lot of shit talking up until this moment. Massive shit talking. And to his credit, he had proven everybody wrong. Now he did have a controversial win in his last one. Whether yep. the refs started or stopped it too quickly, who knows? That's up for debate. That's back in the past. But going forward, Ben and Jorge kind of polar opposites when it comes to uh, strategies. And oh, very much so. So Jorge, give us the background on who Jorge is as a person. Uh, game bread, hood Christ. Whatever you want to call him, Street Jesus. Um, he actually came up, as a lot of people know, uh, Kimbo Slice Backyard. He was a brawler. I watched a couple of those before yeah. that fight. He was a legitimate fighter in He that. was. And uh, he he's just streets of Miami. That's basically all you can say from him. He's fought in the who's who. Uh, I mean, he's as real as it gets. He's like a, he's like a Diaz. Afraid of nobody. Exactly. But he knows how to articulate his words. That's, the, that's like the best part. Dude, the UFC needs a cash grab right now for him. They really should, but, um, yeah. He, uh, you know, came off of a really stellar one over Darren Till. Um, in at the O2 Arena in London, and then Leon Edwards talked crap to him backstage. He uh, he went up to Leon Edwards through a three piece in a soda, like he says. Yep. And that just catapulted. And Ben Askren was there talking a bunch of crap about him, and that fight got made. And Which was that the right fight to make in that situation? I, I think Leon Edwards was the fight to make. That's the fight to make. How yeah. did Ben? I mean, I feel like Ben got put in this situation. He was playing with house money. He, sh- yeah. he comes out and wins this fight when it's something he shouldn't even have been in. He exactly. catapults to the next level. Exactly. This validates his, 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 his last win. Yeah, so it was one of those things, and I, I know deep down, Boswell, like I said, he doesn't care. He'll fight anyone, but I thought the Leon Edwards fight was definitely going to be the fight to make, Right. and somehow Askren crept his way in there. Well, let's talk about this fight, or lack thereof. Uh, <laughs> it, it was five seconds long, for those of you that don't know. This fight... Um, as soon as the bell rung, the bell rung. Literally, it was over with. Ben Askren got his bell rung. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, he, he ran out with a flying knee. Perfect. Um, completely caught Ben off guard, and his whole body just locked up. Yep. And fell to the ground. Did you see that meme where it was like, oh, the ref stopped it early? Because when Ben <laughs> dropped, his thumb was up. No, I Dude, did not. It's the funniest Stop thing. it. Stop it. <laughs> Dude, I, after, as it was happening, I thought he might have killed him. I, so never, I. I thought Ben Astrid had rigor mortis set in so quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd never seen the muscles stu- stiff. I mean, he, he, they stiffened up. Yeah. He, he couldn't loosen up. It was bad. And then as that's taking place, as he's laying there thinking he's dead, he hits him in the face two more times. The yep. ref calls it the official knocks his way in and jorge starts mocking him mm-hmm. and i was like somebody get control <laughs> of this guy he's mocking somebody who's dead right no i honestly like i was talking about that like i was i was so hyped during the moment but at the end of the day too it's like nobody ever wants to actually see that because right. like you said like that could have you know that could have hit him so hard that he literally could have been in the coma i like, thought he was like, man. i'm not he, they said there's there's reports actually not even reports uh ben Askren said it himself on aerial show on aerial show that he he didn't come back to until he was at the hospital yep yeah that's incredible man no sign of concussion though the ct uh, scan came back clear really isn't that weird 
That is, uh, yeah, he says he has no pain. Yeah. He says, it was funny, he was talking about how um, how he, he wasn't uh, tired, he didn't have any sweat on him, so he knew he didn't last very long. Yeah. That, that part cracked me up hearing that, and I like the way he's handled it. Oh, he's taking it. He's taking it with his head held high. That's the he way really you is. take it as a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like Cyborg is someone who's showing the wrong way, yep. and that's what happened to Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah, put her in a deep depression, and she never recovered from nope. it. Ben Askren, McGregor. The only way to do it is say, "You got me there, mate," and let's just go. You yep. know. And that's one thing I really appreciate. Like I, I love Ben outside of the. I mean, I love him inside of the octagon too. Like he. I, in case anyone doesn't know, he went to Missouri. He was a two-time national champion. Uh, right. He was an Olympic wrestler, and he strictly said he's like, I'm not really, you know. An MMA guy, I just wrestle, and I'm gonna wrestle you, and I'm gonna win. It took him 19 fights. He was 19 and 0, and Masvidal yeah. just he knew what to do. And so, with that being said, and this is kind of why, like, as much as we love those big knockouts, those big moments, yeah, I was sad. I wanted to see a fight. So did I. And for that being said, it brings me to my next question to you because I was I'm a Ben Askren fan. Mm-hmm. I I, I got to admit I didn't know too much of uh, about Jorge outside of the uh, streets of Miami. I, I watched a couple of those videos. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see Ben Askren win this fight. So it begs the question, should they run it back? Not yet. No. I, 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 and I agree with the statement. I, it was kind of like the Robbie Lawler thing. You know, Ben Askren didn't want to run it back. Ben Askren said it perfectly clearly. He's like, I'll get it back eventually, but I got knocked out flat in five seconds. He's like, I don't deserve it yet. So he, he admits that he doesn't deserve it. Yep. I think they will run it back because I think 10 times out of 10, that won't happen again. No, no. Um, yeah. And Because, I mean, like Ben said, 19 of his fights – all he did was come at you with his arms up, and he went for a double, and no one shot the knee on him. Jorge was the first person to do it. And he, he, he stands by it. It was yep. the game plan the whole time. Yeah, I mean, well, clearly saw, it was. You don't run out there like that well, if it you, wasn't the game you plan. You see the video? Uh-uh. It was 48 hours prior. He was at the Performance Institute, and he was drilling that exact same sequence of him on the cage, stepping twice, and running. Really? Just over and over and over again. See, I had to. it happened so fast the first time that I thought it was a – the first time I saw it, I thought it was a cheap shot because I thought Ben was coming out for a yeah. – just the way you think it, you're like, he okay, he's like nonchalantly this. coming out. I thought he was coming out for a glove touch. Yeah. And I was like, man, he jumped that. What a, what a dirty play. But then yeah. they watched it back. Ben wasn't coming out for his glove touch. Going for that takedown. He was going for the takedown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think with Ben, uh, so in that case, it sounds like he's going he's gonna to have to earn his spot back to that moment. Yeah. What, where does Jorge go from here? Whew. That, that's, that's the toughest question in the welterweight division right now because obviously you have Kamaru that's at the top right now. Right. Um, you have Lawler-Covington, which is happening in August as well. Can't wait for that fight. Neither can I. Hope I hope Lawler destroys. I him. hope Lawler destroys <laughs> Kobe Covington. I hope so bad, but uh, and it's one I think. It, like I said, if you're gonna ride the momentum, you're gonna. I mean, Jorge is the hottest thing in the UFC right now. Okay, uh, hands on. I, I believe you know outside of the octagon, inside of the octagon, just his the way he just shows himself. I think you give him the title shot. Okay. Um, it all depends. Though. I think if you don't give it to him now, because I got to tell you something. I think Jorge Mesvidal is was one of those names that wasn't a household name. No. And yeah. now that he, I think he's becoming he's the hottest thing in MMA definitely right now. Yeah. Um, and you got to capitalize on that. But if you you make the time go by, people will forget. Exactly. They're never gonna forget the flying knee, but they might go, "Who did that again?" Exactly. So you want to capitalize right on now. that momentum. Exactly. So I, I think that's gonna be the case unless. Unless Kobe Covington does beat Lawler, because I know that there's actual, like, it's kind of like the uh, Masvidal Askren beef. Sure. Usman absolutely hates Covington. Like, he wants to just. I would actually, I would actually root to see Covington win the first fight against Lawler. Yeah. Just to see him get destroyed by Usman. Yeah, so would I. So yeah. it's one of those things where it, it all depends on who wins that. If, if Lawler wins that fight, it's 100% going to be Masvidal's game. Um, I think Usman beats both of them regardless. But it's going to be one of those things where it, it just depends on how much money they want. 
Okay, so okay. That's, that's my personal opinion. Well, we'll see what happens there, man. Uh, so before we wrap this up, I kind of want... Uh, uh, Jeff has some news. So um, I don't know Jeff's MMA background altogether, but I know that a few years back... He, he tried to get serious about becoming a fighter. He had a camp open up, and you had some injuries. Is that correct? Correct, yep. So I, uh, explain to us what happened. I, uh, I tore my meniscus in my left knee. It was uh, about a 90% tear, so it was basically falling off. Um, started to partially tear my MCL. Um, ended up screwing up my back as well, my, uh, my lower columns, uh, sciatic uh, problems, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Just a bunch of nagging injuries. Um, and, and on top of that, when you get something like that, I've never had experienced it, but you have a mental kind of yeah. obstacle you got to overcome mm-hmm. now. The uh, the knee wasn't as, like, I mean, it, it was painful. The PRP treatments were absolutely terrible. But uh, the the back problems were the ones that really scared me just because obviously you see everyone, like, if you right. just cough the wrong way, you could just be paralyzed or whatever. Knees and backs, don't mess with yep. them. Yep. So uh, I ended up getting healthy, um, you know, going to the chiropractor a lot, going to, you know, rehab, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then, you know, just really trying to devote all my time outside of work to training, you know. Living the single life, I don't have, you know, a dog. I don't have, you know, my, my family's kind of, you know, out of the picture. So sure. just me, myself, and, you know, these hands. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> so, like that. That's the first shirt right there, yeah, exactly. man. I like it. And so um, so I tried getting a few fights back in the day. It didn't really work out. And now my, my coach, Julio, um, what we're doing is we're kind of we're kind of pushing me a little faster because, like I said, I want to get the ball rolling. I want to hopefully get my pro card by the end of next year. Okay. And uh, so I'm starting off with a – it's actually September 7th uh, down in Lima. I'm doing a kickboxing bout, uh, 135 pounds. And then um, the kid I'm fighting, I don't know his name. I know he's from Ronan down okay. in Columbus. It's a fantastic gym, so I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to take this kid 100% serious. I don't think he's going to, you know, have anything that I can't handle. Sure. But uh, And then after that, we have a Rev Gear uh, National Tournament in Iowa that we're signing up for. It's a four-day event. Um Fight a handful of times in those four days. So that 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 tournament that you're in is yep. that a kickboxing strictly Muay Thai? Oh, that's Muay Thai. So that includes. So you're gonna elbows. you're gonna what you're gonna do then? And so he signed it for September seventh. Seventh. Yep. And that's in Lima, Ohio. And we'll have you on again long before then to promote that and talk about how you're prepping for that fight and yep. so on and so on. This is big news though, because especially I'm not a fighter, never gonna be a fighter. It's not. I'm a lover. Everybody knows that about me. Um, but with Jeff here. Um, Getting that first one under your belt, and oh, he's yeah. got a buddy who I, I would say would inspire you. Yeah, he, he goes oh, yeah. for it, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, um, he's actually Zach's also uh, competing on that card as well. So oh, it's, even better. Yep. Even better. So uh, in case anyone doesn't know, that's obviously been a lifelong friend of mine. Uh, I would say since you know we're literally like literal kids, like four or five years old. And uh, watching him progress in his journey, you know, he was three hundred pounds. Now he's he's fighting at one hundred and eighty five. He, his transformation as so, far as body weight is yeah. incredible. So he, he's really inspired like inspired me, uh, even if he doesn't know. He probably knows it, but he just doesn't give a shit. So. Well, he's going to uh, know <laughs> here soon. So. But, uh, no, I'm really excited to actually uh, share the stage and actually compete in the same day as him. It's going to be – I know for him it's going to be a little nerve-wracking watching me fight. Sure. Um, it's been nerve-wracking for me watching him, but that's, that's what it's for. So. Hey, man. Hey, well, congratulations on the big announcement. Um, uh, best of luck that everybody, I, I don't know how it works at this level, but makes weight or... Uh, That's going to be the worst part. Is there, uh, you know, when we get closer to it, make sure that you uh, you come back on and talk about the presser or talk about the, uh, just kind of what you've been going through. He says yeah. right now he's in the cutting stage. He's got to drop 27 pounds, um, which, Jeff, there's not a lot to <laughs> Jeff as far as, uh, what do you weigh right now? Uh, as of right now, I believe it was 162. 162. 162. So you've got to get down about 135? Yep. 
So my end goal, so uh, we weigh on the day of. So amateurs okay. is, amateurs are always the day of, except for the tournaments. Tournaments are day before. Uh, my my plan is to diet down to about 148, 147, two weeks out. And then the week of, I'm just going to water load and cut all the water weight. Okay. So okay. That, that's my end goal. Um, we'll see if it is as effective as I think it's going to be. I think it will be, but we'll see. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> best of luck on what you're going to do there. I, uh, I, you're a better man than me when it comes to that. I could I, Sitting in a sauna for t- 20 minutes would be like too much for me. Dude, so. It sucks. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Well, hey, listen. His name is Jeff Hedges. I am Robert Gifford. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, Jeff, tell us a little bit about the current podcast that you have with your friends. It's called CS101 Combat Sports 101. Tell us yes, about it. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we started that in about January. Me, um, I'm not going to say his full name because I know he doesn't like when I say it, but I'll say his nickname, The Rhino. Okay. Um, he's a professional boxer. He's trained with the likes of James Tony okay. and all of them. Uh, we started this podcast strictly just because... Like, kind of how you want it to. You just want to get your voice out there. Sure, um, yeah. You know, just an average Joe. You have all these podcasts out here that, you know, with these famous people that, you know, are part of the sports or, you know, part of the culture of, you know, pop and what whatever. And we just thought, you know, an average Joe Schmo can have a better insight sometimes than those people because we live our day-to-day lives. Right, and it's from the fans' perspective. Exactly. And that's what I love about it, right? Exactly. So, continue. So, uh, we, we do, as of right now, if you listen to um, our podcast, it's majority, you know, UFC, Bellator, One, uh, Cage Warriors, like the big organizations. We actually just did our first interview with Demetrius King. Oh, really? Okay. Yep, and uh, he actually was a training partner of Deontay Wilder. Oh, wow. So, um, we did that. We're going to start interviewing local fighters. Um, we're going to do a lot of local organizations as well. And we also do, we cover all combat sports, like like CS101, kind of like a, you know, an English class. It's yeah, yeah. Beginners, intermittent, advanced, whatever you want to call it. Um, wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, kickboxing, you know, Lithway, whatever you can name it, I'm going to talk about it. So. Which is great because it's not just a, you know, one-stop shop UFC or one-stop exactly. shop. It, it covers everything and it specializes things and goes into that. Yeah, and uh, that's one thing I've always wanted, and like I said, especially like, you know, obviously, you know, with you living, I I always want to get people into the, like, you know, MMA, UFC, whatever. And, yeah. And, I, I like converted. Think, I'm I, a fan. I like to think that I, I help with a lot of people doing that because a lot of people think it's a barbaric sport, but it really when you watch it, it's just it's so complex. It's it's really captivating to watch a person go in there and just perform. Well, so. there there is elements of a barbarian type, <laughs> but you have to at that sport, and I think UFC does a pretty good job of. I mean. You can go down the USADA regulations. You can go through all that. Yeah. I don't want to get into that, but they do a pretty good job of uh, it, it, caring about the the fighters' safety oh, yeah. first, which uh-huh. is why you have controversy or controversy of who's stopping the fight too soon yep. or if they you know letting it go too long. You know that's always a tough call for any official. But yeah. as far as UFC goes, uh, I think they do a, a fairly good job of protecting their fighters. They really do. They 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 take care of their fighters as much as people you know want to you know brag and like bitch and moan about them they do they really take care of their fighters so but yeah um other than that you can catch us um if you guys have podbean it's just cs 101 we're also on the podcast app spotify um itunes i believe soundcloud as well i have to double check that one but those are the things that you can get to us how how many episodes have you guys done this far oh my goodness at least 16 Oh wow! So, so you guys, so there's enough content for people to go in there and get lost in all day. Absolutely, I recommend watching our very first one and seeing how bad we were, <laughs> and then watching our latest one. <laughs> so you, you guys videotape as well? Uh, you no, film? we uh, we we are trying to videotape. Um, Simulcast is the next thing you want to do. Same yep. thing I want to do here, but yep, we're, it, we're ways away from that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it seems easier than what it looks. Okay. And uh, obviously, we could record on our phones, but the, the way that the angles of the camera are, it just 
with the room. It, it's one of those things where Joe Rogan just makes it look so much easier than what it is, and it makes me so mad. He has inspired us all. It's funny because <laughs> Joe Rogan, uh, my first initial reaction to him growing up was, uh, this is the dude from Fear Factor, and he's the worst stand-up comedian ever. Okay. Well, now I watch him on his podcast, and I'm like, Stand up not so bad. I, I love the guy so much now that I can't believe I ever had a bad yeah. thing to say about I, him. So I used, to, I used to hate him. I, I did too, man. It's funny. But so uh bad. anyways, uh check us back as always. This is Keep It Simple Stupid. I am Robert Gifford. Um and just uh thanks for stopping by and we'll talk to you next time. Jeff, see you, buddy. Have a good one, man. No God! No, God, please, no! 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 No!